Hello, yes. Michael. Hey, hey. Do you think on episode 236 of We Were Gamers, a podcast about... Yep, about... (laughs) Catching up with each other, saying hi after a long holiday weekend, and saying hello, how are you? Hello, how are you? I'm good. Uh, Do you think Tim Rogers is the type of guy... That if I had led the podcast in like I really wanted to with hello to mm-hmm. sue us? No. Okay, starting over. Hello and welcome to episode 236 <laughs> of We Were Kids. I uh, took the long weekend to catch up on uh, Tim Rogers videos, you guys. And uh, that very distinct affectation he has created over time is now stuck in my head and I self narrate narrate some things with uh with a Tim Rogers he's a really amazing video creator. I don't know if I like the affectation he has. I don't know if I like I, it either, I, but it sticks in your head. It certainly does. And I think it's not wholly an affectation. I think he partially so the like deep part voice where he does like the hello, like that is an affectation, but he does talk like that, like just on his stream. He just talks that way. Yeah. He's a very interesting person. The guy has a, um, what's the word for the, you can't ever forget anything. Eidetic. Oh. Yes. Thank you. He is an eidetic memorizer of things and remembers what he appropriates to be. Sorry, I used the wrong word. So obviously I'm not an eidetic memory person purports to remember everything since he was like three and a half yeah and and like he can remember how much he paid for a video game he bought when he was seven the number like exact dollars and cents on the receipt like it's it's wild he also has he also apparently has the um misophonia thing where like certain sounds like drive him crazy yeah um one of which is the sounds of lips smacking Oh, yeah, he talks about how he has to watch TV while he eats and stuff. Uh, Strikes me as a very uh, enjoyable person to know, but, you know, also he is very self-deprecating and admits that he may not be a fun person to work with and know. (laughs) Yeah, he has, like, encyclopedic knowledge in some ways of certain things, and I can imagine knowing a person like that would get grading after a certain amount of time. Well, due to your suggestion, uh, I watched the Pac-Man review, which I would call a documentary more than a review. Although he right. doesn't document like things like championship runs and things like that. He just sort of works on the game. Uh, and then that mm-hmm. led me down the rabbit hole of, well, there's only three more of these videos that he has. I should just watch the rest of them. And each one of them is three hours. Three long. hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I haven't finished the Final Fantasy one, but I have done most of the others over the course of this weekend. And I just wanted to shout that out. I think those action button videos are pretty good. Yeah, they are really, really great. And there's a Patreon you can subscribe uh, if you want and and get more things from him. Uh, It's not a ton more stuff, but like you get behind the scenes stuff, I think. Yeah. Uh, You get to talk with him, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, you can jump on his Discord even if you're not, like, fancy, but you can't, like, you know, I don't know, maybe you get to chat directly with him or whatever, I don't know. But he's a interesting guy, for sure. Well, welcome. I feel like he'd be super interesting to sit and just have a conversation with. Oh, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
welcome back from the holiday of Thanksgiving, where we gave thanks to food mostly this year, uh, as we shared them around smaller tables of of family. Hopefully, mm-hmm. yep. <sighs> it was a. It was. You know what? It was relaxing. Let's say that. Right. It was a relaxing weekend for for many, hopefully. And uh, for for me personally, it was mostly about food. I don't know about you guys, but two food things came out of this weekend for me, and I know some food things for you, and I want to talk about them because we always talk about food up front. Food, we're a food forward pod, food forward podcast. Mm-hmm. Number one. I think going forward, I need to have some sort of green bean something at every Thanksgiving. Is there a dish like that for you guys? That maybe you always knew you liked, but not until you were older did it become something that you needed to have. I mean, there's always turkey. There's always gravy. There's always mashed potatoes. No one's going to argue with those things. But the side dishes that have maybe fluctuated over the years... Green beans. Stuffing stuffing for me. Fluctuated on stuffing. Interesting. No, 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 no. That has that has all all that is an always needs to be there. I see. Anything that you've come to appreciate as you've gotten older? I think I was that kid growing up who really didn't like stuffing too much, but I like it quite a bit more now that I'm older. Okay. Um but the the like the things that appear at every Thanksgiving at least since, you know, for for my family, have been remarkably consistent over the years. Oh. So there aren't a lot of, like, new dishes showing up. It's pretty rare. I see. Yeah, ours is, is kind of in the same boat, so it's it's not a super easy question to answer. I guess maybe I bounce between four different families' versions of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. uh, as well as, I will say, a fifth version of Thanksgiving wherein the younger generation has found ways to spend Thanksgiving away and therefore we get to make what we want. And that is usually the most fascinating version of Thanksgiving where I have seen things like no mashed potatoes, stuff like that. Uh, But yeah, four different families versions where you're like, well, these people have like marshmallows in their sweet potatoes and these people don't have any sweet potatoes, but they have pea something or other like pea soup or, you know, like all sorts of weird combinations. So I was just curious. Okay. Well, that's fine. I got into an argument. Okay. Over, uh, an appetizer. (laughs) How do you guys feel about this? There's, this was mixed into the appetizer, but the, the argument came down to this, the cheese it, was it perfect or are you allowed to do stuff to it? In specific, the instance we had was these were the extra toasted Cheez-Its that had been mixed into a handmade mix. And the person that I argued with did not like that they were extra toasted. And I did. And I said, all the Cheez-Its that are side Cheez-Its are generally good. And that is where the argument stemmed from. Side Cheez-Its? Oh, so yeah. the argument was that there didn't need to be anything besides original Cheez-Its because they are the pinnacle of Cheez-It? Right, yeah. And I said the pinnacle of Cheez-It is maybe chili cheese Cheez-Its. 
Okay, so you're arguing all the like other flavors of cheese it or whatever are the better yeah. ones. Yes, uh huh, absolutely, or at least equally valid. Or yeah, sometimes more so. I think the like the extra toast cheese it's are better than the originals, hands down. I I'm a big fan of the white cheddar cheese it, so I probably come down on your side of this argument. I've definitely had the white cheddar ones and like them quite a bit. I think I've had like Parmesan or something before, and they were pretty good. Yeah, those. I exist. don't know if I've ever. I don't know if I've ever had extra toast, but I, I don't want to like you know. If you just like the regular ones, go for it. I guess. Oh, I'm not saying that the regular ones are bad. I never, never did. I but think I got into I think the if you're gonna, needing to I think defend. If you're gonna, I think if you're going to go for the regular ones, though, you should have goldfish instead. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's a different cracker. Yeah. I think, I think that I they're like, situational. I like goldfish mixed more. So, like, if this mix had had goldfish instead of Cheez-Its, I might have liked it equally or more. But, like, a Cheez-It is, is much thinner and crunchier than a than a goldfish. Cause yeah, also, like, I, I'm not putting the cheese. I'm not using the Cheez-Its as a delivery vehicle for salsa or anything else either. I'm just eating them, right? I know, yeah. But it's a different texture. Hmm. You don't get that salt that's on the cheese it on the goldfish. I'm wondering about this. If I would, I mean, goldfish are salted. Don't kid yourself. There's salt on there. No, absolutely. But there's like rock salt on a cheese it. You can see it with your eyeball. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's like a finer grain salt. I'm just yeah, thinking if somebody put a bowl in front of me and there were cheese its and goldfish in it, which one I would reach for? Michael. Ooh, that's hard. I, I think it's I think it's just a mood thing. Okay, yeah. I think I'd probably go for the goldfish. It's funny more I because think... I have cheese. It's more often, and goldfish are less. So oh. it's like I haven't had these in a long time. Interesting, because we have goldfish in the house. I use them as incentives for children. I was going to say you have kids. That's why you've had goldfish. Uh -huh. I mean, we also have goldfish in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use them as incentives for your fur children? I mean, no. Okay. Just curious. Well, but why not, though? Yeah, but why not, though? Because I'm too busy eating them myself. Oh, you don't want to fight with the kids? You don't want the cats to know <laughs> what they're enough. missing. Uh, So I would land on the other side of the coin, JJ. If someone handed me a bowl, I'd say, like, well, I don't have cheeses very much, so I'm going to eat those. Yeah, okay. Michael, you got to break the tie. You don't have to break the tie. Oh. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> I'm glad, though, that I wasn't uh, off base when saying the extraneous Cheez-Its are fine and good in most cases. No, I'll agree with you. JJ, get us out of the food hole. By getting us into a different food hole. All right, so here's <laughs> what I did this break. Uh... We went to Knott's Berry Farm and did the hey. Taste of Mary Farm. Taste of Mary Farm. Oh, M-E-R-R-Y. I was like, Mary? M-A-R-Y? No. <laughs> yeah, so Knott's does their holiday thing where they do the taste. They call themselves Knott's Mary Farm, and then they dress it all up for Christmas and so forth, you know. Uh, but obviously not amusement parks are closed because uh pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and so... 
uh, in order to do this, they open the park up. You can walk around, but all the rides are closed. Basically, all the indoor spaces are also closed. You can like go into shops, but there are lines outside and they limit capacity pretty strictly. Uh, I don't know how many I don't know how many tickets they sell, but it's a lot less than the full park. And depending on when you get there, the park can actually feel quite empty. Uh, so I felt very safe going around. Uh, and they open lots of the food stands all over the park. And you get to walk around. And with your ticket that you purchase, I think it was $40, I want to say. Uh, that gets that you right. that gets you five food or drink items. And there's a big list on the ticket. You could scan your little barcode five times and you get things for free, including uh, alcoholic beverages if you want them. But not all five. <laughs> Uh, if, who would stop you though, right? <laughs> they do. They track it. Ah, uh, so, okay, that's do, new. You can only do two alcoholic beverages at most per card. Okay. Per card is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing to stop you from just buying more. Right. Not using the the food card. Right. Yes, of course. Uh, and you know the uh, they're not going to stop you from buying anything if you want to pay for it. They're happy to take your money. Trust me. Uh, but it, it was a great time. It, we It was one of them. It felt like doing a normal thing. Like we would just, you know, everyone is wearing masks. They take everyone's temperature when you come in. They're, you know, in for, there are people walking around with signs, like telling people to pull their masks on over their nose and that telling them they have to wear a mask while they're outside. And I think was, they should walk around with rulers and just snap them on people's fingers. I mean, I would be OK with that, um, honestly. But, you know, people were by and large following the rules. I didn't see many people like, you know, flagrantly flaunting it or whatever. Like they wouldn't even let you in the gate if you didn't have a mask on. Um, And it was really, really nice just walking around, trying various foods. And then they have a whole holiday themed menu stuff with like pomegranates and cranberries and turkey and, you know, all kinds of holiday themed foods um, for you to taste. Uh, I'm here to tell you that the pulled pork mac and cheese is still the winner. People, people should get that. That thing is awesome. Delicious. Yes. Uh, our only mistake in that was not getting two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had a Brussels sprouts in pomegranate dressing with like, I forget what the seeds were. There's like some chopped nuts of some type on it. Uh, that was really good. Like, really good Brussels sprouts. I'm remembering uh, some of these from last year. Yeah, look, they're they're not that inventive necessarily. No, I it's didn't not say still, so, but I'm I'm starting to drool is what I'm saying. It's still Knott's Berry Farm, you know, it's not like Disney. Yeah. Um and and there was a whole bunch more, you know, they they had like street tacos and pomegranate um sauced hot wings. Uh sorry, they weren't hot, but they were wings. Uh, there was like a whole turkey mashed potato bowl thing. Um, and then there's all kinds of uh, drinks and desserts. And, you know, you could get a funnel cake, of course. It's not Sperry Farm. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun, man. A lot, a lot of fun. And just walking around and, you know, strolling around the park and looking at things. And, you know, they have like their where their stage shows would be. In some cases, they had screens. Um you know, you could take pictures with the characters, but uh, the characters were behind ropes or up on a stage or whatever, so that you were six feet away from them. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, but they do a good job of like the perspective on it from where you stand versus where they are, so it kind of looks like they're 
you know, they're right next to you or right behind you or whatever. So good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Just a really nice, it felt like a really nice normal day out doing stuff, except everyone was wearing masks. That was the only, the only like weird part. And all the tables and stuff are spaced out. So you sit at your table and you eat and it's not really, you don't really feel like you're right on top of anyone or anything. So highly recommended. Um, Although now that I say this, I don't think anyone can go because I think it's all sold out to the end of the year. <laughs> yes. Or Although we, we already have our tickets. It might be still not sold out if you want to go on Wednesday or something, which, you know, not so easy. My guess it. would be this won't be the last version of these things. And now that you and Michael have touted them, you know, people should listen. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, and, you know, theme parks were doing things like this before, right? That Disney had done those taste things. And I think Knott's had even started doing them, too. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure they will continue. Uh, but I really, really had a great time. And, and, you know, the food was good. And for the price of the ticket, the amount of food you got, it's like, this is how much you'd pay for theme park food anyway. Kind yeah, of. At a certain point, you're like, well, we better get some drinks because I can't eat more. No, oh, yeah. Like we totally yeah. got like boysenberry beers and, um, you know, like bottles of water and whatever, just because we needed like something to drink after eating a whole plate of boysenberry hot wings or whatever. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, the, uh, really good. the holiday brings with it the shopping season, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Uh, there is some question about whether or not people should have been shopping much this year. I think, though, the greater benefit of keeping the economy going is a good idea. I don't know. We could argue about it or not. Uh, so we we went out on Friday and did a little bit of Black Friday shopping, and I think with a lot of the big retailers having spread out their deals across the month of November, or at least the, the week or two leading up to black Friday. Yeah. It didn't feel like the madness that usually engulfs shopping centers on black Friday. It was places were busy, but there wasn't, you know, and we didn't try and go first thing in the morning either, but I think also, there didn't seem to be the the madness of I've got to get out today and get the deal yeah. before they're gone. Yeah. And I also think that a lot of them said, hey, everything's online. Because, you know, still a pandemic. Yeah. But like there was no like you got to come in to get the $300 TV. You know, none of that. It's all online. Yeah. Which is, I think, a net benefit in the long run anyway. Uh. I kind of save all year for this kind of thing. Uh, so I did my part in trying to keep things moving. Uh, you guys, I got some rugs for the house. Ooh, nice. fancy. Star do they tie the Wars room rugs. But do they tie the room together? I hope they do. I mean, this one's got the Millennium Falcon on it. I'm staring at it right now. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. And then, uh, Bumped over to a new phone finally, so I don't have any new charging problems anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a good year, I think, overall for people to say, yeah, let's just put the best deal we have out there. I don't know if you guys found anything crazy good. I have one particular thing I want to talk about, but first, anything else anybody wanted to mention? didn't really get anything this year. Oh, I yeah? was just kind of like, eh. Nah, none of this looks good. I mean, I did, you know, some Christmas shopping for people and stuff, but it's just like, you know, th well, the price on this is probably about as low as it's going to go, so I'll just buy it now as opposed to waiting and buying it later because I'm being proactive. Yeah. 
Good yeah, point. I think I mentioned it to you, Andy, that the part of the issue with this year was that there wasn't a whole lot that I was looking for, in part because Prime Day had happened so recently. That's true. That's true, yeah. I had been contemplating, I think, and I talked about on this podcast, maybe, or at least individually to you guys, about my processor on the computer that we built uh, this year. I had purchased it last year at the recommendation of a lot of websites that it was kind of like the best for its price. And in 2019, uh, it was much cheaper than all the newer options for the board that I had Uh, recently with some games and a new game that I installed this past week. I've been checking my benchmarks to just kind of make sure that I was happy and uh, everything I run that little processor I have going the i5 8400 keeps being pinged at like 95% at all the time. Um, and I had this past week some load issues with a couple games of newer persuasions where things would hitch up a little bit or all that. And I was a little bit concerned that maybe this might be the last year for kind of finding that generation before they move on. I think Intel is moving into their 11th generation of Lake processors. And I don't even know. I can't even with it, Intel stuff anymore. The yeah. names are all just impossible. Well, you can find the numbers. And the numbers would be yeah. they're adding 11s starting this coming year. And the one I right have in there, there is an 8. They, uh, are, they are currently selling the 10,000 yeah. XYZ series. Yeah. Yeah. And so the 8s are the same sockets as the nines, but the eights came out in 2017 and the nines came out in 2019. And so I thought, well, if the prices have come down significantly to roughly what I paid for an eight, maybe it's best to kind of future proof myself a little bit here, seeing as this processor is already kind of topped out. Uh, and I found, Hey, component class time. Component class. I found a i7-9700K on sale for like 220 So I went and snagged that. So I'll move from an i5 to an i7. But the interesting thing about this one, I don't know if you guys wanted to talk about it a little bit. Maybe JJ, you have a little bit more insight than the two of us. They... They've gone to less hyper-threading, it sounds like. So the the i5 that I have is six cores, six threads. This i7 is eight cores, eight threads, instead of eight cores, 12 threads, like it had been. Um, or six cores, 12 threads, right? They upped mm-hmm. the cores and lowered the threads from the previous generation. Right. It sounds like... Uh, how much did you pay for that uh that i7? 220? Okay. Um um <laughs> do you want to maybe well, eh, this is it's a bigger discussion I think, but um I think Andrew the time has finally come. Mhm. Uh I think we shouldn't recommend people get Intel processors anymore. See so 
okay, I want to know more about this. I bought what I bought because it still fits the socket that I have, and I didn't want to dump yeah, the whole computer. Yeah, yeah. so, so that, that that's a limiting factor, right? And so and, I wanted to top out the computer I have built in preparation for getting a better graphics card. Mm-hmm. And I guess topping it out would be getting an i9, but I looked at the benchmarks for the i9 yeah. and the i7, and it was like the seven and the nine are like the same. They're thing. almost like identical, unless I'm that. running. Uh, some of the processes in the for editing and one of the things about changing from an i5 to an i7 exporting videos for this podcast and other things will be twice as fast but they won't be twice as fast i7 to i9 price difference was like a hundred dollars so it was kind of like okay it seems like the math here says i7 which is roughly yeah. you know a little bit more than i paid for the i5 a couple years ago uh but yeah the limiting factor here is i didn't want to disassemble a whole computer I bought some MX4 and I want to stick a new processor in there and that's all I want to do. Yeah, so the the thing is that the uh these current generation of Intel processors, these 10,000 series uh whatever lake they're calling it today. And actually most people are predicting the whatever lake they're going to be calling it next year as well. Uh the 11,000 series are very likely to be falling behind AMD's newest Ryzen series. CPUs, but not by a little That's, bit either, huh? Uh, it doesn't seem to be by a little bit. No, uh, the Ryzen nine fifty nine fifty X is the like highest spec one. These are the Zen three series ones. Okay. Uh, that Ryzen nine I just mentioned is like eight hundred bucks. So like that's the very top end, right? But the Ryzen five fifty six hundred X is two ninety nine, uh, which is that's pretty cheap. That is a six. A, yeah. I mean, six cores. Those Intel uh, processors, when they come out, are twice that. Yeah. It, and this is at release, right? It's six cores. It has 12 threads, just like you were talking about before. It runs at about 3.7 gigahertz and then boosts up to like over four, you know, just like all processors do this stepping stuff now. It's like not even interesting or worth talking about. Um, but that, that Ryzen 5 is not expensive. Uh, first off, yeah, and a Ryzen five would be roughly an i five, and that's. I mean, it, it works with you know if you have an AMD motherboard, yeah. it works with some of the newer ones. So you don't if you already had one, you wouldn't have to change. Obviously, you or or I would have to replace the motherboard. I think Michael, uh, you're also on an Intel. Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm on an okay. i seven forty seven something. Forty seven. Uh, my so, computer's six years old at this point. Yeah, I actually have a 4790K oh, man. also. I think oh, that's what I have. I did get a K, by the way. I got a 9700K so that I could overclock yeah. it. Okay. Right. Um, I'm going to point out the 4790K has been holding its own pretty well. Not, it not really mad has. at this one. It's not interesting because my 8400, which everyone seemed to love when it come out, when it came out, is like, it doesn't seem I mean, to look, be doing great. It goes to 100% when I'm playing games, but I don't think it's... Like I'm not having issues. I don't seem to be having issues because of it, right? Okay, right. You don't feel don't throttled know. by the by the processor, right? Uh, the things I want to talk about with this this Zen three Ryzen, uh, and I think the one that people probably should be looking at is that Ryzen five. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't get a three. I, I've had so non AMD, but I've had an experience in the last couple years of having had a seven, a three, and a five. Don't don't do a three. Like that three level, they they level their cards to each other with three, five, and seven. They do it so you know what's comparable to what when you're shopping. That three level is not worth it, even if people try to convince you it is. 
it depends what you're doing. But for thing, if you're listening to this podcast, you there's a decent chance that you play games and you do more things than just like surf the internet and word documents. Yeah. And like, I do mean just surf the internet, like probably once you get to the point of like, you want to stream really high quality Netflix stuff, maybe even you might want to move up from the three. Uh, but okay, here are some things, right? This Ryzen, this has PCIe 4.0, uh, that the Intel 10,000 series still on PCIe 3.0. Mm-hmm. The Intel series that's coming out next year, I think does support PCIe 4, but uh, it's a different socket. <laughs> oh, God. Of course. So... That, that's two sockets in two years. Because yeah. they went to a new socket in 2020. The, the oh highest... The 10th gen Intel cards are not being sold with coolers, and these Ryzen cards are. With custom coolers. Like, not cheap coolers, like good coolers. I mean, the... I have maintained that the cooler you get bundled from an OEM is generally acceptable enough and you don't need to buy fancy ones. The ones on the the ones that come with these Ryzen CPUs for all uh, you know whatever I have read has said that they're perfectly acceptable as long as you're not trying to like you know burn it up with overclocking or whatever. Uh, the Intel one just doesn't come with a cooler at all. You got to make your own or find it, right? <laughs> make your own. I, see I mean, I don't know, do do something. <laughs> Stand here with a fan. <laughs> Of course, like you could probably just take the one off your old CPU and put it on this Intel one. The sizes of them are really the same, but like you know, that assumes you had one to start with, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, the ninety seven hundred K I got does not. I don't need one because I have this Captain EX one that I'll just repaste. You know. Yeah, it, and generally for what you're getting here, these Ryzen CPUs are cheaper in most cases. And are getting you better performance on almost everything. I'm gonna lend lend you another secret here. Ryzen boards are cheaper too. Yeah. So I I you know and there's a whole bunch of like discussion about why this is. Intel is still on this 14 nanometer architecture, whereas the AMD ones have moved to like way smaller ones at this point. Um, I have no idea why this is. Uh, there's also some discussion like, hey, these Intel ones maybe work a little better for ray tracing if you have the cards that support it. Uh, the AMD graphics cards are not as good at ray tracing, even the ones that do support it um, as the as the NVIDIA ones. So that's another, um, you know, uh, discussion to have. You don't need to get an AMD graphics card for an amd processor yeah it's interesting can. i was gonna say i hope we're not slipping back into the world where you need to double amd because they don't work well with others i don't think that's true um it used to be yeah not recently no, can, not in recent you memory can, you can definitely use an nvidia card with oh, the, for sure. these amd ones but like the for the amount of money you're spending like it's like scary man the highest end like Intel i9, you know, 10,900K is getting beaten in like, you know, performance benchmarks by every single one, including the five, the seven and the nine of these Ryzen chips. Wow. And like it becomes a little more striated when you move up to like 1440p and then when you move up to, uh, you know, 4K, like some of the, the numbers kind of even out, they're not getting beaten on every single level. But if you're doing 1080p, all the Ryzen's come out on top, which is like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. 
and they're less, you know? Uh, That's so, the thing. And, and the, the scuttlebutt is that they will not only be good this year, they will be good next year when Intel releases its new ones, which means AMD will still be on top next year when AMD releases, you know, higher spec ones, right? Yeah. And so it's just, it seems like this, uh, this most recent generation, the AMD processors have really just taken over. And yeah, I will be shopping probably for a new CPU and motherboard and stuff in the next, you know, probably next year at some point. I may um, I suggest Black Friday. Yeah, possibly. That would, <laughs> that would be a time to do it. Yeah, not a bad uh, idea. But yeah, and I just can't, uh, I, I don't see why I would get an Intel at this point. There just doesn't seem to be a reason to do it. There's always been trade-offs and... It seems like the shocking news here is there's not much in the way of trade-offs, like all, almost perceptibly nothing. Yeah, the the trade-off is you have to you can't reuse parts as easily, and it's not necess- And like you can still reuse RAM, you can still reuse you know all this other stuff. Yeah, um, but if you're switching, but you're not going to be reusing much of anything. Your DDR3 RAM is going to be outpaced by the DDR5 you're going to put in there. Probably, yeah. So that's the other thing too, right? Like my my machine is just old at this point, and uh, you know I need to need to move to new stuff if I want to do it. Yeah, I think you're both going to be shopping. Yeah, it's probably getting close to time for me too. I haven't felt the need thus far, um, and you know the you know getting a new monitor and stuff has alleviated some of that need. It's like, oh, True. okay, like yeah, I can't do full 120 hertz on everything all the time especially on the newer games yeah am i the only one but that's the, on a 1440 monitor here uh, i have one also oh. yeah but i the yeah so like i i don't play it on like it's full refresh rate right right but the g-sync stuff is pretty nice and i don't notice when it doesn't hit it anymore right it's like oh when the, normally like if you're running the frame rate and the frame rate like takes a nosedive you can see it pretty, yeah, the ripping. pretty easily, <laughs> right? Well, like you know, even if you have VSync on, right, like the tearing or whatever is noticeable. Yeah, like yeah. like even if you just if you're playing all at sixty, and then all of a sudden it take you you know you turn the corner or whatever, you walk into a new area, and the frame rate just takes a nosedive. You can feel it in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. With the G Sync stuff, you you don't you don't notice <laughs> the frame rate is changing all the time, like. It was 100, and now it's 10, and now it's 50. Well, not if it went all the way down to 10, you would notice. But like, you know, it's like 100, and now it's 70, and now it's 50, and now it's 20, and now it's you know up and down all the time. I don't doesn't it doesn't bother me. The image doesn't look worse. It plays similar. It feels smooth. Yeah, and that that is covering up probably for a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, I'll, I'll be interested to try all this stuff uh, more when I again, you know. I'm not using a six-year-old processor like Michael. High five. Yeah. I Look, I'm just trying to keep this machine as good as it can get while I got it, you know? Oh, man, I think you're fine. You know, the here's the other thing, right? Reasonably. You don't have to, you don't have to turn every knob up to 100. Right, of course, of course. You know, you can if your monitor does high refresh rate, what if you just set it to 60? Yeah. Yeah, no, set the game to run 60 and I you're just fine. got this feeling like when I looked at the stats and what I was seeing with the performance on uh, the game we'll talk about in a second, you know, the cache alone going from, I think, 8 to 12 megabyte on, and then 
the idea of having two more physical cores uh, as well as more hyper-threading to keep this machine running longer as an edit machine as well for our podcast. And the idea that next year my replacements will be gone and then the price of the replacements will be too high for me to replace them, right? Like I'm not going to pay more than 200 ish dollars for a processor. That's just my, my, that's my ballpark price. Yeah. And and I'm with you on that price. Like, I think the mid range is kind of where we want to be for, for everything really. Like a graphics card should be around 200 bucks, a processor 200 bucks. That feels like, you know, how much I would be willing to pay. Yeah. So, you know, moving that stuff around, playing with the numbers a little bit, you kind of find a new space to be. So interesting to have built a computer and then already thinking about upgrading it, but also thinking about upgrading that graphics card in the near future with the new ones once they're an affordable price uh, had me had me worried when I saw the horrible loading and screen tearing that happened when I loaded up Call of Duty Warzone. Hmm which I would call a relatively modern and demanding game. I mean, that game came out last year, so yes, it's very new. <laughs> I was uh, implored to download this for cross-play purposes. I did not get to play cross-play purposes because, you guys, I had to clean off my computer for the 75-gig download. Oh, Ooh. it was on- it was only 75. That doesn't well, sound so bad. Yes, because I didn't pay for the Modern Warfare campaign, which is another 50. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> uh, I I have been told by people on the internet that that game takes northwards of 200 gigabytes if wow. you have everything installed. Wow. Oh, yeah, because there's other modes. What did you say, Michael? Yes. Sorry. That's insane. It is. It is insane. I thought I had plenty of room left. I had like 40 gigs on the computer. I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll download that thing and then I can clean off other stuff. See you later. Everything <laughs> on my PC. I mean, what kind of internal storage are you working with, though? Like, 70 is a lot, but it's not... Uh, 500. In- okay. I just have I a mean- lot. I had a lot installed that I hadn't cleaned off. Like, Apex was still installed. Yeah, it's time uh, to uninstall stuff. Yeah, so that's fine. I needed to do the clean out anyway. But, uh... Wow. Wow. Well, uh... Warzone's interesting. I, they have two levels of tutorial to do. The first one is the hallway of teaching you the controls where you point at stuff and click keys and do that. Learn how to ping. And the second level is throwing you into a game against bots who literally can't hit you, I don't think. So they're stormtroopers? I I, I honestly wonder. (laughs) I don't think they can hit you. I believe it. I mean, they want you to have a good experience, you know, and they yeah. want you to be able to experience how it is to play the thing without getting immediately destroyed by people in online play, right? Right, yeah. And I, so I just parked myself in a corner in a room with a, a machine gun and waited for the computer, who obviously knows where you are, to keep sending one enemy at a time through the door straight in front of me. And then won the practice round <laughs> that way. Nice. Yeah. Um, obviously, I could report back uh, about the actual gameplay another time because I didn't actually play the game yet, the real game yet. But I will say the attitude of that game is the attitude of people that think they know what people in the military are like, maybe. 
I believe that. Okay. Yeah. Everyone looks like the t-shirt wearing operators, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and running around the battlefield willy nilly, just sort of, you know, as if it's always an action sequence is the, the hallmark of that. Right. Whereas if you kind of have read a lot of military documentary or other, that stuff, you know, like there's a process in fighting combat and a lot of that process is not fighting combat. Uh, it's waiting in a lot of cases. It's waiting. It's cover. It's taking fire without, you know, the, I obviously have not been in the, I'm getting in over my head on describing a lot of that stuff, but uh, this is not it. (laughs) It's just the aesthetic of realism on top of like the frenetic need for it to be similar to Fortnite. I mean, you're playing Call of Duty. I know. You are not playing Arma 3, the warfare simulator, right? Right. You You are playing a game that is intended to be you pull the left trigger to zoom and then you pull the right trigger to shoot that guy. Yeah. And that is the game. Sure. And you know, I'm sure this multiplayer mode is uh, free to play and nice and like has a bunch of other stuff too that I don't understand about it. But yeah, I understand that call of duty is a game where you, you pull the left trigger and then the right trigger and you shoot. The it's guy. definitely the free to play thing, obviously where there's a battle pass. Uh, the music plays over combat all the time and it really annoys me. I got to figure out how to turn that off. But like, that you know what maybe that's what what ca- caught my attention first was the music because it's literally just like they asked somebody to write rewrite the music from like Black Hawk down and then play it very loudly that game is very loud <laughs> i sound very old complaining about the volume of something but man do they want you to have the cinematic experience quote unquote uh, anyway, it's kind of off-putting a little bit. We'll see how the gameplay actually goes when it's for real. I do like the idea that you can post up behind something and use it as a stabilization. So like you can, you can run up to a, like a, what are those concrete barriers called? Uh, Jersey barrier. Right. And then yeah. you click the the mouse button and your character kind of uses it for cover slash stabilizing their rifle which is a good addition to a game i think but mm-hmm. that's the only positive thing i can say so far other than it looks really good graphics wise once the screen I, stops tearing i think i just can't well yeah that's a bigger problem um yeah turn down some of those settings apparently i guess uh I, I checked the I, I settings just, though. I can't only with using... those games, man. Yeah, I know, I know. They all of those Call of Duty games are just too much for me. Not just like the pace and the shooting or whatever. I played some Apex and that stuff was not the problem. The like rah rah militarism of those games, I just hate. I just don't want to be a part of it. And so I just I can't with with those Call of Duty games very specifically. I'll report back at another yeah, I'm time. Curious. It only used about 30% of my GPU, but it was definitely still chugging. So I'm a little worried. We'll see. We will see. 
any other game topics you guys want to talk about? It was a light. It's hard weekend for games. You got family stuff to yeah. do. You got cooking to do. I had some. I had some game stuff, but I want to talk about the other stuff more. So we're gonna okay come back to games another week. One of the easier things to do on a long weekend, maybe, is catch a show. True. We got a little more downtime. Mm-hmm. While people are sleeping off their turkey. Well, hopefully, no one was sleeping during this episode of The Mandalorian. I, so, I mean, spo- spoilers up front. Um, sure. I'm gonna I guess. guess I I'm gonna guess. JJ I has the, give give the warning. I guess JJ has questions anyway. Is my guess right? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't really have a lot of questions. Oh, I just, really? Okay. I. I think you you guys are going to have stuff to explain, and I'm just going to be like, yeah, sure, okay, whatever. Well, no, well, let's not start there. Let's not. You're going negative right away. I'm not going <laughs> negative, man. I had I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. It was okay. good. Okay. Well, so uh, that's that's where I was going to start. Is that even before we we dive deeper into things, I think this episode better than the last one handled the having an engaging episode while also having things going on. For people who are in the know. You're talking about the, not the last one, but the one before with the Mandalorians in it? Yes, sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was very curious to see what your reaction was going to be, JJ, when we came to another segment of this that involved a lot of stuff from the Clone Wars. And, well, my, Rebels, my... and Rebels, actually. Okay, again, another show I don't know anything about. I know. Uh, the... My initial take was like, oh, this is that person that people like from that show. <laughs> and then my next take was, oh, I didn't think they were going to have Jedi in this show. That's kind of interesting. Uh, and then it was like, oh, okay. I guess we're not going to see them again. Bye. <laughs> there you go. That well, that was my that's take. That's kind of the formula that they established last season was, hey, there's this, here's this cool character. Bye. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, maybe it will be the case that all of them come back at the end of the season for some kind of big finale thing or whatever, but we don't have many more episodes left for that, do we? No, we've got eight, right? three more. Three more. Well, if they want to set up some kind of big thing, they need to be... I'm pointing at my watch here, guys, like we don't have a lot of time. I mean, <laughs> so, so if it follows the formula, next episode they don't make it to the thing that she told him to do. They have some sort of problem. The episode after that is then a a two-parter where they make it to the Jedi Temple and something happens. Right? So that's the formula they've established roughly. Now, they may not do that. I was very clearly wrong at the beginning of the carbon scoring when I said I didn't think they'd bring back some people, and they did. Yeah. So, well, and it's also it's also only been one season, so I don't know if you can call it a formula quite yet. Well, it definitely worked out when two episodes ago I said they won't get into Ahsoka next time because they have to have a problem in between, and then they did. Yeah, sticking to my guns. I, <laughs> okay, I think uh, them having a formula is probably likely because yeah. they want to continue being wildly successful, like the first season was. So JJ. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. first time they did this kind of thing, and Michael too, you guys felt lost and slight JJ's case slightly upset that you knew that you were out of the loop on stuff. Did this feel better in terms of them not making you feel out of the loop as much? 
because you were, I would say, roughly equally out of the loop. I think they did a a better job in this one of crafting an episode that had interesting things going on in it other than the stuff that I was out of the loop in. Mm-hmm. Because there was still things within the episode that I could continue to follow. Like, oh, oh, the child has a name now. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a whole Do thing. you like the name? Yeah, okay, whatever. I, I, I actually, I kind of like that they broke the convention. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, but the name has to start with a Y. I kind of like that they broke with that. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. Call the kid whatever the heck you want. I just, I don't. I don't know Still about Baby two, Yoda, as far as I'm concerned. I just don't know about to adding two G's to your name, Gorgu, Grogu, Grogu, Grogu. See, yeah. I, I get it wrong. I don't mind uh, it. It's an alien yeah, name. It's, Who it's, cares? Yeah, exactly. It's fine. I just think it's kind of a funny alien name. It's like they chose a name that would seem almost kind of a little cute, you know? Like Ashoka is definitely a super normal name. Oh and yeah, I'm not complaining or anything. Obviously, all the Thrawn names are on and any of these Pl- other weirdos. Plo Koon is one of my favorite Jedi. <laughs> Good luck spelling yeah. that one. Nope, not even gonna try. <laughs> There's probably six U's in there somehow. <laughs> um, but so I, like, there. Oh, the, the child has a name now. Oh, they were testing him for his force powers. He has a connection to the Mandalorian. There's yeah, there's all this stuff going on. Meanwhile, I'm sure there's like some people that watched. Um, clone wars that are like jumping on their feet being like she's doing the thing or whatever i don't know um you know or like oh the they brought back this character that someone knows who they are and why they're on this planet i don't but whatever sure they told her they told him to go here that's why i'm here you know yeah um and the like the plot of the episode was better and so i enjoyed it even that's though I, I think the, i think the setup for the the heist stuff could have been better had they done a better job. Yeah. But they instead decided to focus on, you know, what is Mandalorians and like whatever the heck else was going on in there. I think you're right. Yeah. Michael thoughts. I would agree with that. I, I think that they did a, they also had more of a deft hand when they were making references to things, um, to not leave you feeling like, there's a like wink wink going on that you're not part of. So this Um, is some of what I wanted to discuss, Michael, maybe you can, you can tell me some because, you know, other than the obvious Jedi character who is a major part of those shows, even I know that. And the name of a character I know from like old lore books. Ah, do I know know nothing? Because those lore books don't count anymore. Yeah, well, so guess what? They count to me. <laughs> Those books are still good, and as far as I'm concerned, it's the only place that guy exists. I so uh, they have new books that were rewritten that are roughly equal. They were rewritten by the same guy, Timothy's on. Why? Why do that? Why? Because they needed to the bring them books? in line with uh, some other stuff that I'll talk about in a minute after you're done talking to Michael. Mm. Okay. Anyway, Michael, tell me what the other references were because I don't think I got them. Well, so one of them, one of them I liked just because of the the sort of deafness with which they slipped it in was when Ahsoka is talking about not wanting to train Grogu because of his attachment and his fear and having seen where that can lead, um, which is if you get it, it's a, a veiled reference to Anakin. Right. She was Anakin's Padawan. 
Oh, see, I totally didn't know that. That's right. Cool. But if you if you don't get it, it's it's just a it is her expressing her reticence, and that that to me was the the biggest one of the biggest moments that stood out. Of okay, they were a little more careful in this episode about handling the fact that here's a character who has a lot of backstory that only some of our audience is going to know. And that makes sense because, you know, that's also a thing the Jedi just say all the time. Be like, oh, you can't have fear. That's bad. Like they all, you know, don't give into your fear. Yoda said that 700 times or whatever. JJ, have you never heard the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? (laughs) I heard that it's a story they wouldn't be willing to tell me. That's what I've been. (laughs) She even says, I sense much fear in you, you know? Yeah. Quotes Yoda. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't take it as any kind of reference to anything. So that's cool that that was like something that people, you know were four uh was there other stuff in this episode that was like clearly a reference to something i didn't get i i might have to lean on andy for for anything too much deeper than that well (laughs) there were some cool references in there that you don't need to remember much about i I know everybody here played the knights of the old republic games uh the two droids that the woman the ex-imperial has are the hk droids from that game they looked familiar, and that's why. Yep, now, that's I, why. now I get yep. it. Okay. That's a nice little touch. Yeah, it's a nice little touch. Uh, I don't know if you caught that the the dude was um, Michael Bien, the main bad guy guy, was Michael Bien from Terminator. And the I definitely rock. caught that Ooh, he, he was an actor that, that I knew yeah, from so, stuff. So there's tiny there's two tiny references to the Terminator and the Rock in there. Uh, while he's walking around with the droids. And then, let's see. Uh, you finally get to see that Beskar is immune to lightsabers in that episode. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. Was this a thing that was not known? It was not explained in this show. But was it known outside of this show? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if that was a thing that they just invented now or was always been a thing. No. It, it definitely adds more credence to the the Mandalorians and the Jedi having had long-standing battles between them. So you, you what's interesting to me is that I think in terms of characters with story and backstory and stuff like that, Bo-Katan is not that big a character and it's funny to me that it made you guys rightfully and I think you're right that it's the story because I've talked to some other people about it. Uh, the episodes story that it made you guys rightfully feel way out of the loop when Bo-Katan was there. But Ahsoka who has way more stuff behind her gets to be a much more inviting character for a lot of people because she can be an older, wiser Jedi in the uncle Ben vein of uh, it just exists. Like there's a lot of backstory, but I don't need to know it because the episode was much more, directed i would say in terms of the goal of the episode right um but then you get you get a hint at some of this stuff when they talk about at the end there the whole time uh for a person that was in the know she asks where is your boss where is your boss where is your you know uh of the ex-imperial woman i can't remember her name and for me, I sat there thinking, who is she asking about from the previous shows the whole time? Right. Right? Yeah. It ends up being Thrawn, 
who is a major antagonist in the Rebels show. Got it. Uh, so much so... How deep do you want to get here? Eh, whatever. <laughs> so we much don't gotta so... Have, like, infinite time, but, like, you know. So much so that it makes you wonder if this episode is the beginning of a spinoff series. So I actually had that thought as well. Because uh, Thrawn is, as of the end of Rebels, missing. And if somebody knows where Thrawn is, then a lot of stuff has happened to Ahsoka's story in between Rebels and now. If she's if she knows that he's back. Hmm. So that's well, my I mean, question there is, you know... How like, long has transpired between the end of that show and this? So the end of Rebels is just, just, just pre... Uh, uh, Rogue One. The ship, the ghost from Rogue One or from Rebels, is hidden in Rogue One. Okay, so it's not a ton of time there. No, yeah. right? Because you know, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi are like relatively sequential, with not a lot of time in between. And then this is not too long after right. Return of the Jedi. Right. So you know, yeah, sure, it, like. Enough time for them to set up a spinoff show if they want to. Yeah. I'd be fascinated if they did. Uh, but that seems to be my hope, though, that they are using a little bit of this season as a springboard. Right? For something else. Because I don't think a lot of people would tolerate a lot of this stuff getting any deeper <laughs> in The Mandalorian. Yeah, so that this is where I was going to go with this. I enjoyed this this episode because it was it stayed true to the thing I like about the Mandalorian, which is that it's like a sci-fi western. And there's like long panning shots, people having like silent, you know, communication of their feelings, you know, oh, like the, people the walking off into the sunset. The gunslinger moment with Yeah, um, oh my god, it was so good. The, the mercenary. Like, it was really the, good. Know, a literal quick draw. Like oh, oh my god, it was so good. And that's the stuff I've loved about this show. And actually some of the stuff I loved about the original Star Wars movies, you know, they were kind of westerny. Uh, yeah. The first one specifically, the other ones less. But, you know, it is a that stuff has been why this show works for me. And that episode with Bo-Katan, like yeah, there were elements of it and like it, it didn't like stray completely from the formula, but this one stayed really true to the formula and therefore like continued to feel like the show that I like. And if they want to springboard something off this and go off and do, you know, Adventures of Dual Lightsaber Lady, go for it, I guess. Um, she has to fish her lightsaber out of the pond, though. I'm sure um, she already did. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> she has the she has the force, right? I'm sure it works. That's um, like, so we were watching yeah. the show. We were watching the show. My wife goes, "Why didn't she just force back her lightsaber?" And I'm like, "Babe, don't ask why didn't she X thing with the force? It just <laughs> yeah." Yeah, I mean, why didn't you just Jedi mind trick her into There's telling you what you want? So many Gee, moments. Yeah, wow. So many moments. So so many. Well, the Jedi mind trick thing is easily explained. Um, a lot of it, it, they explain in the first movie that it's only used on the weak of mind, right? And they've expanded that to mean a lot of people can't I be know. Jedi mind tricked. Anyway, my point is that you know, look. They can write whatever they want into the script sure. to, to make it exciting. There's, but scene. there's always so many moments of like, it would really be easier to just use the force for this. Or like, you could have saved that person's life with the force or, you know. Push, I mean, her, off, push her off balance and take her spear or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what, you know, it, but it made a, they made a good, interesting episode 
absent any knowledge about the, that stuff. The fight and scene, that so was the problem with the other one. The best part of that that you're talking about there is that the fight scene that you cared about wasn't the Jedi fight scene. The, oh, totally. The yeah. Jedi fight scene was backdrop to the tense nature of the standoff in the street. The standoff, yeah. right? Like Michael because, Bien like, perfectly sells you on the fact of like we're going to determine what happens here based on what happens there, right? Like it yeah. was it, it was perfect in the like you know because the, the show is The Mandalorian. I'm here to see what happens to The Mandalorian, right? Yeah. The Jedi fighting stuff, I'm not really here for that. Cool, but it's happening whatever. And it was cool that they kept cutting away from the Jedi fight scene, like the, their lightsaber thing, which they know and love, right? Everyone loves lightsabers in Star Wars. To show two dudes standing there, you know, <laughs> about to draw and like, you know, listening to the fight to see who wins. It was cool. And it was a really good way to build tension for the scene that you care about with the main character and not about the guest character they introduced 40 minutes ago. Yeah. And so so that's why this one worked for me. I had and, a feeling you guys would like this one better in terms of the the re- less it was equally referential but at least it was much more self-contained you didn't need to know and you didn't feel like you needed to know so i was curious to see yeah. if i was right cool well if you have thoughts that you want heard about the mandalorian or if you want to tell us why you like call of duty Warzone, or you have thoughts on the ryzen that's actually what you should email about because these guys are going to be looking at building computers soon. So we're probably going to be bringing back component classes uh, more soon. Not soon. I don't know. Sometime. Anyway, email us where. You can send those to podcast at wewergamers.com. Uh, we're on the, the internet everywhere under We Were Gamers. We'll check all the social media. Follow this podcast on your favorite podcasting app of choice. And hey, uh, search for us on YouTube and please follow our channel. That would help us out a lot. We would really appreciate that. Andrew has even sorted all the component classes and the other various uh, sub things uh, for carbon scoring. If you want to hear about the latest, uh, more in-depth Mandalorian stuff, or if you want to hear about uh, me and Andrew talk about Star Trek or whatever other weird sub pods we have, uh, those are all on on playlists there, so they're easy to find. It's December. We got to start watching Discovery. Yeah, yeah, we do. Season three is is happening. Season three is mid-swing, which means we got to start our our multi-episode pods. All right. That's exciting. That's a good realization to end this one. (laughs) 